brought to you almost live from the dude in the basement studios. Why? Because that's where the good stuff is. It sips, suds, and smokes with your smoking host, the good old boys. It's sipping time. Oh, this is definitely sipping time. Welcome to this sips episode on Sip Sudden Smokes, where everything good in life is worth discussing. I have no idea how I'm going to control all this chaos with all of you. <laughs> Just I, roll with it. Man. I am glad that there's a lot of whiskey involved. This is good old boy Mike. Joining me here at the table is good old boy Miles. <laughs> that's oh your hello <laughs> yeah man i'm excited can we, can we get into the whiskey <laughs> we're gonna get there soon all of a sudden his personality emerges. i know good old boy rush hello good old beast <laughs> that's his introduction good old boy jason good to be here and made man bob always good to be here wow i can't believe i got through the entire introduction without screwing up one name at least <clears throat> so Stephen has a blog called uh, Smoky Beast with hundreds of whiskey reviews, and Bob is joining us once again from the Bourbon Mafia. I know people, uh, both of which you can hear more about at the end of this show today. Well, our sip segments are all about wine, distilled spirits, tea, and coffee. This episode is about who has the better palate. Stores selecting whiskey barrels or the master distiller. Hmm. Wonder how this is going to go down. So, uh, we have actually selected five different products where they're actually available in bo both versions a store barrel selection as well as an off the shelf version that is actually created by the master distiller or master blender, depending on the organization as to their title. Those products uh, that we're going to talk about today are Old Scout, Angel's Envy, Knob Creek, Four Roses, Jefferson's are the products that we're going to go through in this showdown of store versus master distiller. So the thing that really caught my attention um, were there were just so many different versions of Angel's Envy. Um, plus, there were all these bottle engravings and all these personalized store brandings, you know, with Angel's Envy. And you know, this is really not a new concept. Um, so it's just really starting a lot of, you know, questions, you know, that were kind of stirring about me. Uh, one answer that we actually are going to get to today is what is the best tasting product, the store barrel or the master distiller? It is all about what's in the glass at the end of the day. But first, I thought we'd uh, we'd actually cover you know a little bit of ground kind of around this, and then we'll get right into the tasting itself. So I guess the first thing that you know I, I thought I'd throw out. So Rush and I are actually both wine geeks, and uh, this was something that was actually quite popular you know back in the '90s. There were several vineyards that were doing this, and the thing is, is just kind of throwing me back to this deja vu moment of going oh, wow, we're doing the same thing, but we're doing it with a different product. And a lot of California vendors, you know, were kind of involved in this. Yeah, they got really crazy with it. And like we were noting earlier, it really diluted a lot of the brands and it made 
you you had this great variation, uh, which you're starting to experience in whiskey. I think it's a little less in whiskey than it is in wine or what it wound up being in wine. Uh, just because of the nature of the beast and how it's made, you get less variation from batch to batch of the actual distillate as opposed to with wine and vintage to vintage and the rules about how you can blend from year to year and all that kind of good stuff. Well, and the other thing that sets in with wine is the perishable component with it as well. You know, the way that something tasted last month is not the same way that it tasted, you know, the following month, you know, variations in temperature, you know, that set in, um, as well as just, you know, the way that people's palates, you know, kind of work, um, you know, are a little different as well. So, um, in fact, I even had a little bit of a conversation around uh, um, Angel's Envy, um, you know, with, uh, with you know, one of the stores uh, that you don't want to go and taste, you know, Angel's Envy barrels in like January. <laughs> I mean, you know, the thing is a lot of, mis- you know, master distillers, they tend to taste everything that they're planning on bottling in a very short period of time, sometimes like one to two weeks. And, you know, vineyards do some of the same thing. They tend to taste a lot of things, you know, in a very short period of time. They select their blend. They bottle everything. They call it done. They don't like taste all year round, Mm -hmm. you know. And especially with a perishable product that tends to change with temperature and time, there's just no way you can maintain consistency. And so I thought that was what was, I think, very difficult, you know, with a lot of the vineyards that were doing uh, private barrel selections with stores is that the stores were coming in and tasting things at different times. Mm-hmm. And I think that was catching up with, you know, uh, them through the, you know, a lot of the variations in a lot of those products. And so I, you know, I, get, I guess that's the thing that was just kind of setting in is just this huge deja vu moment for the 90s going, oh, wow, this is happening again. It's just a completely different thing. Well, and wine is, especially in the 90s, Despite the history, it was still sort of a new renaissance for wine. And so a lot of people didn't have a deep, you know, palate, a deep appreciation of of it outside of a select few. So what they picked on one year and then what they picked on the next year would be radically different. And, you know, you just got into all that weirdness and wine just doesn't lend itself Mm. as much. So. I'm kind of curious what you guys think about how this is, you know, what this is doing with the consumer. I mean, is this adding value? Is it creating or diluting, you know, brand awareness? I'm really kind of curious where kind of all you guys are at, you know, when you think about how this is going down for the consumer. Anybody? Well, it's easier to deal with when you're dealing with whiskey because whereas wine is a seasonal product and, you know, one vintage is entirely different from the next one. The thing with whiskey is, you know, they can they can literally fill 20 barrels on the exact same day, put those same 20 barrels in the exact same rickhouse, literally next to each other in a line, and number one will taste different from every single one in that 20. So doing an individual store barrel is extremely easy for them. I mean, they 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 have to really work to blend to come with you know their flavor profile or their store shelf stuff. Um, you know, so I I think whiskey lends itself to single barrels a lot easier because I mean you can literally take ten barrels that they mix together and it makes the store brand, but every one of those ten barrels tastes different. And the nice thing about whiskey is 
like any product that you taste, you know, it's, it's a very subjective thing. What I think I taste in this glass, you don't even pick up on. You pick on something different. But each barrel is so different that I think it lends itself to, you know, doing individual barrels. Plus, mm. you know, they're still... You know, they keep talking about the whiskey shortage, but, you know, we're, we're coming, we're off the back end of the glut of the, the 70s and the 80s and the 90s. So, you know, they're in a, they were at least in a position to sell a lot of stuff. Hmm. You also have to deal with whiskey, you know, if it get or sorry, wine, if it gets shipped to Arizona in July yeah, on a semi truck, yeah, when it lands at the Never store, mind. it's matterized, it's hot, it's, it's crappy. Whereas whiskey is still whiskey. You know, it comes back down to room temperature, and it's going to taste the way it did before. Mm. You know, it sat on that truck. Mm. I gotta and say, I would just from like to the, say, <clears throat> go ahead. From the enthusiast consumer perspective, I'm all over this stuff. I mean, I see whiskey groups popping up, and being able to pick a barrel is just so much fun. I, I had this funny. I just bought my first barrel, and for me, it was it's kind of like trying to buy weed in college. It's like you, you have to know a guy who knows a guy, and then you're waiting for the stuff, and you, all your friends want to get some, and then you finally get it. You're cool, really cool for like a day, you know, and then everybody doesn't care anymore. Yeah, yeah, and it's uh, it's really you see stores popping up, and they're letting three or four key customers help them pick a barrel, and it's just great fun. And I think it's for for the for the market, it's uh, sparking a lot of enthusiasm. People are getting really intimate with certain brands. People are going crazy for smooth amber and four roses and some of the stuff where you can really get in there and you get to maybe you know get something that's that's unfiltered that's cast strength that's a little different like, from what you can get on the shelf so I, I, am i am i worthy of getting you the good stuff because we don't know each other <laughs> but, but the other thing is is you got to remember unlike what you just said the guy selling you the stuff now is probably bathed so you know there's a little bit of a difference there. <laughs> that's a cool kids club thing it's fun if it makes you feel any better there's a couple of people here who clearly did not bathe well, <laughs> there's a reason what? I there's a reason I taped from Florida. I'm so. glad you're not right. pointing fingers, <laughs> Miles. I'm sorry, yes. Well, no, know. I mean just for the market that we're in and waiting for all this good stuff to show up. And I think from the barrel selects from the store perspective, like we get to cut corners to provide like really good juice, waiting for the good stuff to show up, trying to hold out to October, November. When it gets here, it's the stuff that gets us through and uh, we have plenty of it and we can sell it and it's, it's not something that we can, we can consistently give and to hold quality to, but also uh, we don't have to be afraid to open it and get into some good stuff. Mm. Uh, Jason, put the period on this, man. Well, I would just like to say from someone who's been on both sides, someone who's picked out barrels and someone who's actually sold barrels also, um, there's nothing more exciting than being the person selling a barrel and watching someone tasting through these barrels and they go to the certain barrel and they taste it and their face just lights up and they get really excited. Mm. As a blender, distiller, whatever, it's a really exciting Thing. I mean, you're seeing somebody get really, really excited about a product that normally would just be a bottle on the shelf. And do they, do they, they get take, more excited as they go down the line of barrels? <laughs> yeah, they usually do. That's usually how it works. Seems out. to help. Yeah. But you know, as a as a, from a marketing perspective, you're looking at it as you're creating brand ambassadors with the barrels. You're creating people who fall in love with the product. They get to touch. They get to feel it. They get to see it. Um, and and they really become loyal with the brand. I mean, you, even y'all touched on it. 
if Old Scout wasn't selling barrels right now, do you really think it would be as popular as it is? A- absolutely right now? not. Like like you said, that that's the thing. The barrel selection gets the people's what, hands in it. Exactly. And, it, and 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 that may not promote that particular regular shelf brand, but it gets that brand in their head. They they have a physical connection to it. And I I think with whiskey it works very well. Exactly. And and I will tell you when it comes to um, one store a mile away from another store, them both being able to go pick a bourbon that is the exact same product but tastes so drastically different, it, it gives the retailer kind of like an edge. It, 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 it allows the consumer to connect with the store owner and say, you know what? I really like your palate when it comes to whiskey. I trust your palate. So when you go pick out a barrel, will you save me some bottles of that barrel? Because I know what you're going to pick. I'm really going to like. Mm-hmm. And, and we've started to see that. I mean, I know you guys, you know, running stores have obviously started to see some people come back and you'll be like, oh yeah, we just got a barrel. And the guy's like, oh, I don't care what it is. Just go ahead and give me a couple bottles. I trust your palate. And I, I really honestly believe that the the single barrel picks, the you know, the blending yourself is really what's creating this bourbon renaissance right now. Um, you know, my generation, you know, we're we're the we're younger drinkers, but my generation, we don't want to just go to the store and pull something off the shelf that doesn't have a story. And with every barrel pick, it has a story, and it's always a good one. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Wine doesn't have that story. No, it doesn't. And I also think it's a price point thing. Yeah, it is. That occurred to me. You know, because you can go into any wine store and load up a case of wine for a hundred bucks. You know, whereas that barrel selection is special. And so you can really justify the price and you feel good about spending the money and you feel like you've gotten value out of it. Yeah. As opposed to here's Cocoa Bond for, or or whatever brand for $9.99, but here's my barrel of brand X for $29.99. Right. It's like, well, who cares? And, and don't even forget the fact that if you pick out a barrel of bourbon, usually that barrel in the store is a little less money wise than the the shelf price of the regular street mm, bourbon yeah. because they're buying it in such large quantities they usually get a, a deal or a break on it. And right. the other thing that Stephen was alluding to, I mean, when you go into any spirit store, whether you're buying, you know, some amazing beer or you're, or you're looking for wine or you're looking for spirits, if you go in and you get a store pick barrel and that barrel just knocks your socks off, you are going to trust this person. You're going to trust this store. I, I know what you know you're talking about. It's the same thing Same thing we do with wine. I mean, you go in and, and when you get to know the person you're buying your wine or your beer from and, and you get to where you trust their opinion, you you know they've turned you on to some really good stuff. You're more than likely to buy the, the the products that they're going to say. You know what? Here's another one. If you like that one, give this one a try. So yeah, I, I, I I'm I'm a big fan of the store barrels. I I, I think they they create a a great market niche and they and they build confidence in the consumer in the place that they're going to. That yeah, I can rely on these people. They you know they know what they're doing. They mm-hmm. they, they they've got a good palate and, and their palate is you know in agreement with mine I, these are the guys i want to these are the guys i want to talk to well uh i really love uh, the way everybody's kind of chiming in on this um so let's get uh, right to uh one more question real quick so uh you know one other question that i really thought we should toss out which is this is practice of actually picking 
an individual product for a store. Is that practice growing? Is it shrinking? I mean, kind of what's what's the tipping point of how this is going to work or when does it move into some of that experience that we talked about with the wine industry? I think personally it's still growing. I saw a picture on the internet the other day of a barrel of Jack Daniels in a Costco <laughs> with whatever the sign yeah, was. Sitting on the pallet or whatever. Yeah, Costco single picture. barrel. Yeah. And, oh, but it but it was yeah. a thing where you could come to Costco and buy a barrel of Jack. And I think at that point you have to say it's and a growing. fifty pound bag of cat litter. <laughs> cat litter. <laughs> but at the same time the the Prima stuff is definitely done. I mean Willett's yeah. barrel program's been done for two years. Smooth Ambler mm-hmm. discontinued their rise. Four Roses is rumored to be discontinuing the single barrel program altogether. They're, um, they're slowing it down definitely. They're they're, so, they're limiting it. They've they've reduced the number of single barrels they're doing this year. If you're not on one of those lists, you know, you're, you're not, so not you're not getting there. Here you, Describing that, that that the shrinking component is more a matter of uh, production availability, not necessarily something else that happened to play into some of the change with the wine world, Jason. Well, I was going to say the big brands are shrinking it because it's not it's cost prohibitive. Um, to run a single barrel to bottle it, you have to switch out your filters, you have to switch out your lines, you have to clean every single time you you run one barrel. And it's just really, really costly. Now, the small guys, all the new craft distilleries, they're all over this barrel program. I mean, pretty much every craft brand that we sell right now, they they all have a barrel program out right now. So much so that you could even today, you know, go to a craft distillery and say, here, take my money. And they'll take it and they'll age the barrel for you for as long as you're willing to keep paying to age it for. So you could have your own aged whiskey for your own recipe. Um, I know a lot of distilleries who will do that. So I think the category is growing. I just think the big guys are trying to slow it down because it's so costly. Now, Buffalo Trace doesn't seem like they're slowing it down. Angel's Envy doesn't seem like they're slowing it down. They're just kind of running out of great barrels to do as single barrels. So do you think it might be that it's, because you're talking about big guys, but then maybe the bigger guys still have the inventory to do it. Maybe not the great barrels, but I don't think it's so much the size. I think it's the, it's the supply, whether, I mean, the, the very new people, the very new craft distillers are trying to get as much product out as they can and they'll sell whatever they can to get it out on the street as fast as they can. But however, Jack Daniels probably has plenty of barrels. And Jack Daniels has plenty. They can sell four roses is reeling it in. Um, Buffalo trace is, is, is still doing it. But it's not much to the degree they were. So I think it's more of a supply issue as opposed to a size issue. Right. Because I mean, but for getting Rose's to the supply issue, uh, for why the stores do this, as the good stuff becomes more available, as this stuff grows in the next five years, as we get into more abundance of the stuff that we actually want and we're waiting for and that kind of stuff, um, I think this stuff slows down a bit as on the on the Four Roses scale and the Jefferson scale and on the upper echelon scale, not the guys getting into it, but like the guys that we all buy into to, to get their single barrels in and do barrel selects. I think as the good stuff is becomes more readily available, I think the bigger stores back off some. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's not a cost thing with like Four Roses. I mean, if you go to Cox Creek, they have one spot 
to do nothing but single barrels. So, I mean, that's they're set up to do that. It's, you know, it's if they have the supply. And the the other thing is, is you always have to remember is five or seven years ago, you know, single barrels were were a rarity. You know, once in a while, you know, a person would say, I want to do a barrel as gifts for people, or I'm having a bit of phantom doing something, or the occasional store. But, you know, now there are so many stores out there trying to do it. They're all competing for barrels. And, you know, there's only so much that even the big guys have. So, Well, five or seven years ago, you could get 12-year-old bourbon, no problem. And now all the 12-year-old bourbon is out. Oh, well, you, you know, a few years ago, you could still get, you know, various Van Winkles that were private bottled. I mean, it was, well, that's you know, just it. it. I mean, yeah. this started, I this started with uh, a convenience store in Tampa eight years ago at one in the morning. Like it was on the closeout rack. Hmm. Well, well, this, that's, this started with, uh, you know, Doug Phillips, Green Ink, uh, you know, Rathskeller Rye, Linnell's Red Hook, Van Winkle, Private Barrels. Like, these were gems people were picking out of warehouses. And this was a, Doug's you know, this Green was... Green Ink is life-altering. I, I mean, they're all amazing. Really is, yeah. And these were just, gem- I mean, this was glut whiskey type of stuff, but this wasn't that long ago, right? Seven, eight, nine years ago. Um, so I think the farther we get from really actually being able to find a gem like that and put something out on the market, and that's pretty much done, I think now it's... It's, it's you're right it's gone more to a consumer thing and being, being able to go to costco and buy a barrel is not exactly the same i, yeah, the I, same I, I saw that it. picture I, I saw it was on facebook they had it and it had all this all the cases and the barrel on top all wrapped and shrink wrap with a big thing mm-hmm. like like that was eight, it, yeah. like 87.99 or, or whatever it was and I, I just looked at it and i just thought oh my god we've come to the end of the universe <laughs> well talk about the end i found something i need to do on this next break which is go look for a private label van winkle <laughs> So, listen, uh, we're going to take a They're out uh, there. Quick, they just cost a small car. So. <laughs> we're going to take a quick break. I looked at a way to pay for it as well. We'll be right back. Hey, welcome back to Sips, Suds, and Smokes. Today's episode is all about who has the better palate. The store selecting a private barrel selection or the master distiller or master blender at a lot of the producers of fine bourbon products. We have a lot of products that we're going to go through today. And Steve is going to get the uh, honors of going over our Sips ratings for today. Take it away, Steve. Well, gee, thanks, Mike. So the SIPS ratings are a one through five scale. Uh, one, <coughs> give me a glass of water. I got to wash out my mouth. Again, I'm missing hard meat. So. <laughs> Number two, uh, nice, but what else you got? Well, isn't that nice? Number three, hmm, interesting. What was this again? Interesting. Number four, oh yeah, let's keep this secret to ourselves. Pour me another. That's classified. And finally, number five, oh my, I was not aware anything could be this good. Oh my goodness! Yeah! 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 <laughs> How close are you to Cat, Steve? <laughs> Cat's are you close to Cat, Steve? Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, we're pretty close. Spiritually. <laughs> After that, for sure. Well, uh, thank you, uh, Steve, for going over that. I would have to say 
stellar job. I mean, he that, that was awesome. He yeah. had, you know, he's consumed enough whiskey. He's channeled it, you know, don't quit your day job, but it was still quite worthy, I have to say. Well, thanks, right. guys. So let's get to some firewater. Uh, you know, I would uh, say that uh, I'm really very excited about going over these bourbons, you know, for us to cover. And, uh, you know, we'll, uh, we'll see how things kind of go along here. So uh, we're going to start right off with, so here's the whole list, once again, in case you forgot. We're going to do Angel's Envy, Old Scout, Knob Creek, Four Roses, and Jefferson's. There's a couple of twists along the way, and everybody's giving me this giant smirk of what's the twist, Mike. So uh, I'll explain a little bit about the exercise that we've done here <clears throat> for all of our esteemed hosts here on the show. Each of us had a two samples of each of these, and four roses, we actually had four. I'll explain why that was the case a little bit later. And they were labeled A and B. And so this is a completely blind tasting. Nearly nobody knows what they're tasting except me and a few other samples along the way, I'll explain. Uh, so this has been a super blind tasting. Um, it's not a double blind tasting because we knew what we were tasting, but you didn't know whether it was a store pick, barrel finish, or if it was a master distiller, master blender uh, pick along the way. So we're going to go along. Um, each person is going to introduce that product. They're going to talk a little bit about their choice, their tasting notes, their sips ratings as we go along. Uh, the important thing here is what do you think is the store pick? Which one is the belongs to the producer of the product as we go along here? So, Rush, you're up first. Why don't you tell us a little bit about Angel's Envy and then charge right into your tasting notes. Well, you never get an Angel's Envy single barrel, although we have tried diligently to pull that off at our store um they they just refuse to do it anymore and so it's got to be a blend uh generally every time we've done it they've had three barrels and you work in percentages a b and so, c a b and c and it's 10 percent of this 20 percent of that 30 percent of this um and i've noticed that from tasting different stores angels envies that there is a huge variance in in the taste profile from one store to another. Um, so I think that Angel's Envy kind of sits on that cusp that we talked about when you're comparing it to wine, where they really have some stuff out there that's just radically different from anything that, that would be their normal barrel. So all that being said, you know, the nose on the on on um, Sample A is gorgeous. It's very interesting, deep. It's got some nice notes to it. The nose on B is a little bit more angular. It's sometimes I hit it and it's a little washed out, and sometimes it, it has a certain interesting note to it. Uh, Taste-wise, A is very smooth, rich, yummy. B, again, it has a little bit of something off. Uh, but I like it. Uh, mm. I, I, if, when I go to pick them, I pick B, uh, and I would probably give it a three. Interesting. Although A, I would give a three two as well. And mm. if I, oh, do you need to do your thing? No. Okay. Right. And so if um, <laughs> my thing, but the, <laughs> you got to do your thing, man. You know, I don't want to ruin <laughs> your. And uh, get the machine that goes. Bing! 
either. I'm sorry, that's my thing. <laughs> <laughs> the people that go knee. Oh, and so oh, I would I would pick A as the store brand. A is the store. No, brand. no, no. I'm sorry. A is the mass market. A is A like is the, the mass the market mass, from Master uh, Distiller from Rush. thing. All right. And B would be somebody's store brand. Bob, your selections on Angels Envy. Uh, I gotta agree. I think the B is is the private one, and I think the A is the uh, regular Angels Envy. Hmm. And what's uh, your overall sips ratings for Angels Envy? Um, both of them I enjoyed. Uh, the A is a little bit lighter in profile. The B is a little bit more darker. Um, both of them a three. Hmm. How about that, <clears throat> Jason? Uh, what do you think about Angels Envy here? I'd have to agree. A was very light and very sweet. B was definitely heavier, darker. Um, I I love Angel's Envy. I always have. Um, I prefer the A over the B. However, I appreciate both. Um, and I rated the uh, A a four. Hmm. And which is the store and which is the master distiller? I would have to say A was the um, regular goods and B was the single barrel pick. Um, let's see. Am I up? I'm not in this lineup at all, which is really cool. <laughs> so, Beast, what is your uh, what's your choice here on Angels Envy? Uh, I also preferred A. Um, I I always kind of prefer store pick, so I assumed that A was the store pick. And um, I'm not not a huge fan of this. It's got kind of a silly putty thing going on in my nose. I gave it a two. Mm. Wow. Wow, isn't that nice? And. Uh, I'm sorry, did you say which is your store pick there? I didn't. Uh, I went did with A as the choice and the store okay. pick. Okay, All right. A in the store pick. And uh, Miles, what's uh, what's your choice here on Angel's Envy? I actually agreed exactly with what he just said. Um, I thought both were very light. Um, the A had a little bit more medium body to it, a little bit more caramel, salty stuff showed up. Um, I tend to choose the store picks. And so while my pick was A, I'm going to say the store pick was A. Hmm. And uh, overall, what do you think your SIPs rating would be on I'm going to give it a three. A three. Interesting. All right. So uh, my quick tasting notes on Angel's Envy. You know, um, I really uh, thought the two were very close. Um, I just thought that uh, there was a slight preference I had for uh, B. Um, I gave both A and B. I thought they both had a sips rating of three. Um, you know, there was a slight char finish off of A that was coming off. Um, I just thought it was a little off-putting for me. Uh, so um, I, between the two, I thought that uh, B would have been my pick, and I thought that that would have been a store brand. Uh, so that was uh, kind of how I thought it was around. Guys, ready for the big reveal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do it. Right. <clears throat> Here we are for Angel's Envy. Sample A is the off-the-shelf version. Wow. How about that? And the B is the store pick here. So, uh, some winners and losers. Declare your winner or loser off that. <sighs> Feels good. That's awesome. <laughs> it does feel one, good. One, one sigh of relief well, here. I do have an edge because Wes Henderson is a member of the Mafia. So, oh well, okay. So hopefully you'll enjoy that discussion as well as you know, kind of how it went down. Any surprises out of that? I think we all pretty much nailed that. Yeah, interesting. All right. I'm surprised my sample is so small. I'm 
<laughs> well, you, well, you know, Wes, you can talk to him. About I don't know. It. For some reason, it seems to be empty. Uh, yeah, mine does too. It's kind of sad. Well, let's keep uh, moving right along here. So, next up is uh, Old Scout. Bob's going to introduce this product to us and then charge right into his tasting notes. All right. Uh, Old Scout's up in West Virginia. Uh, right now, a lot of their product is uh, source whiskey, mostly, uh, as I understand it, LDI, MGP, whatever, whatever they're going after these days. Um, they're also making their own, and they've put quite a bit away. They're, they're starting to release some stuff uh, of their own. The Yearling came out. They do a lot of private barrels. However, the last word I heard from them is they are starting to reel that program in rather quickly because they've sold so many of them. I think they're almost out. Um, between the two... Um, the A definitely mm. uh, the the A definitely had a bit darker flavor, uh, very dry, spicy, uh, a little bit of mint, a little bit of anise. Uh, the B uh, very similar, but a but a lighter profile. I'd say the A is probably the store pick, and I'd give it a three. Hmm, a three about that. <clears throat> uh, let's see. Let's charge back right up with uh, Jason. What do you think about uh, Old Scout here? Well, I think my review is going to be a little tainted. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of Old Scout. I, I tried it over and over and over again, and I just can't seem to like it very much. Um, between A and B, I found myself favoring B more. Um, now, by favoring, I still rated them both a two. So my SIPS rating was a two. Well, isn't that um, and I picked B, so I'm going to go with B is the um, the normal goods, and A is the single barrel. Huh. All right. There right, you have that uh, particular selection. Beast, what do you think about uh, uh, Old Scout here? Now, I will tell you that he might have had a little bit of an edge on everybody here. So, uh, but uh, Who, Beast? Yeah, he did. We'll see. Did we, skip, did we skip somebody? I thought I was fourth last time. Uh, no, you're oh, okay. Up. You're up for this, yeah. So, what do you um, think about Old Scout? I love Old Scout. Uh, I don't know why, because obviously it's the same stuff that's everywhere, but um, they don't mess it up. Uh, they they bottle it at a high proof. They don't filter it. Uh, I think it's delicious. I like both of them. I think A is is a very very good rye. Stupendous, phenomenal, uh, life changing. No, um, and I I went with A, figuring that that's uh, stellar. And mm. figuring that that's the store pick, obviously. You think that's the store pick is A? Hmm. Correct. Okay. And what's your overall SIPS rating uh, for either one? Um, I'm giving A a four. Okay. That's classified. And any difference in B? Or they're both fours? I would give, nah, give B a three. B a three. How about that? Uh, Miles, what do you think about Old Scout here? Um, I really agreed with the initial review where the A was darker and spicier and it's really bold rye note where B showed up a little lighter, a little bit more mellow corn in it. Um, I chose A. I choose A to be the store pick. Hmm. Um, I give it uh, rating about a two. A two? Uh, well, isn't that interesting. nice? Rush, what do you think about Old Scout? I don't know a whole lot about Old Scout. The only Old Scout I've drank in the past has been a seven-year-old rye that we did at the store. But I liked 
a quite a bit. I like a sweeter whiskey, and I think that 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 definitely hit the bill. Uh, B was a little hot for me on the finish, a little bit lighter. Uh, but all that being said, I would say B was the um, the off the shelf stuff, and A would have been a, a store pick. And mm. I would give A a three and B a two. Mm. Interesting. <clears throat> so uh, my quick notes here on Old Scout as well is that uh, for uh, sample A, you know, I thought it was uh, kind of smooth. Um, you know, B was a little bit hotter. Um, there was for this particular product. Uh, so this is a cast strength uh, product that we tasted, uh, which was um, cask nine years uh, Old Scout that we tasted for this Old Scout. Uh, there are a lot of ver- versions of Old Scout. <clears throat> um, but uh, both the barrel pick and the and the off-the-shelf version was exactly the same. But there was such a color variation between these, weren't there? Mm-hmm. This was probably the one of the one of the few you know versions where one was decidedly much darker than the other. Um, and uh, and actually, I thought it played into the taste as well. I preferred A. I thought it was smoother. Um, I rated that a four. Um, I thought B was just a bit hotter, and I'm declaring A is actually the barrel pick. So that's kind of where I was with it, and the big reveal. The big reveal. Is going to be, for Old Scout, the off-the-shelf version is B, as in boy. Yes. <laughs> yes. Some winners, some losers. <laughs> it feels good every time. It does. Doesn't it? Does. And you never get tired. It I am a feeling, golden you know? god, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> oh, man, it's winners, some losers, some people declaring them masters of the universe. You know, you never know how it's going to go down here. <sighs> All right. So um, we have uh, uh, we have uh, some quick time here. We're going to charge right into one more. And then um, we'll see how we get through this. So up next is going to be a description of Knob Creek with good old boy Jason. All right. Knob Creek single barrel comes in the same bottle as the uh, lower proof labels regular small batch, only with an inked on label that leaves more clear glass and and thereby reveals more of the whiskey's glorious dark amber color. The core difference between Knob Creek single barrel and the original is the single barrel part. Each barrel of bourbon whiskey is chosen for quality and then bottled without blending. Single barrel bourbons are also usually unadulterated, as in the case with Knob That's Creek single barrel. That whiskey. is a big word. <laughs> After about eight man, glasses of whiskey, I word. did you nail that. Nailed I got it. that one. You must yeah, have done I so good on the SAT. I did a bell oh, for that one. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Multisyllabic. Wow. <laughs> In ways you'll never know. Unadulterated. Is that even a word in Kentucky? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It refers to your cousin, though. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'd like you to meet my wife and my sister, and there's only one girl standing there. And I'm pretty sure we just got banned from Kentucky. Banned in Kentucky. Oh, you're Absolutely. banned from Kentucky, we baby. I'm going there in, in, in Thanks. about four weeks. No more whiskey for you. Um, A minimum of water is added, and the bourbon is not filtered in any way. It goes straight from the barrel into the bottle. The result is 120 proof, which is 60% alcohol. Straight bourbon whiskey that intensifies many of the characteristic qualities of the familiar small batch version of Knob Creek. 
So basically, you have 100 proof as the normal and the 120 proof single barrel as the one we are tasting today. Personally, I prefer Booker's over the Knob Creek single barrel 120 if I'm going to pick a cash strength uh, Jim Beam product. However, I do believe that Knob Creek single barrel is slightly better than regular Knob Creek. Hmm. Interesting. I concur. <clears throat> so I'm just confused uh, when he said the word normal and we're all still in the room. So <laughs> <laughs> all right. So your selection between A and B for Knob Creek here. So I selected so this is tough for me. So I've had great single barrel picks of Knob Creek and I've had really bad ones. Um so I chose B as my favorite one. Um thinking that also B was the store pick. Hmm. And I rated it with a solid three. Solid three. It is interesting. <laughs> Very uh -oh. interesting. Uh-oh. <laughs> I just can't get through this with a straight face. Yeah, you should yeah. see this poor guy. <laughs> man. Yeah, just, there's no way. He looks like he just got the cowbell <laughs> and the chicken wing. Banned. You guys are never going to drink with me ever again. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> Beast, what did you think about Knob Creek here? Um, not a great fan of Knob Creek. Um, this really takes me back to, you know, when you get your first baseball mitt and you take it home and you put a ball in it and wrap it up in rubber rubber bands and you, you get this stuff called tanner oil. And you kind of squirt it all over it and it kind of smells like WD-40 and hand lotion. That's kind of what I get off of Knob Creek mostly. Um, I went with A. That was rough. That was rough. <laughs> what you do in the privacy of your own home with your tanner oil and your bottle of lotion hey, is your own business. You know. Yeah. <laughs> now it's now it's now it's public knowledge. The greeting for him, you know, when he when he gets, you know, it is sentimental. I'll give you that. Welcome here, um, neither's your can. <laughs> Yeah, Freddie's going to tell you to leave your baseball glove at home. Right. <laughs> you and your baseball glove ain't coming in here, boy. When, when you cross over into Kentucky, if some car pulls in behind you. Just yeah. We'll offer you refuge. <laughs> Head back to Tennessee. We got right. you about oh, it. Maybe we should go back to New York. I don't know. Um, I gave B a one. I don't didn't think it was drinkable. I, I liked it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and what did you um, think was the uh, store brand? I gave or? A a two. I'm guessing that that A is the store brand, and uh, tasted a little, a uh, little richer, maybe a little more handpicked. Uh, and uh, I gave that a two, so I went with A as both my choice and the store pick. Hmm. Interesting, <clears throat> even more fascinating. Uh, let's see. Up next is Miles with his uh, discussion of Knob Creek here. I, I thought that uh, B was a little better balanced. It was A led with what you know about Knob Creek. There was some smoke. There's some hint of caramel. The punch gets you right in the center. But I thought B was just a little softer. So with that, I'm going to say B was the store select. Hmm. And with a rating of a two. A two. Well, isn't that All right. Nice? Uh, Rush, what do you think about Knob Creek here? I would have to agree with most everybody else. I'm not the biggest Knob Creek fan. But given these two, I liked A better than I did B. But I, I can pick. Uh, we'll say A was the, the store pick and B was, was off the shelf. But hmm. I'm, I'm just picking. Hmm. Interesting. 
Well, uh, <clears throat> so with Knob Creek, I'm sorry, what's your steps rating on either of those? I'd give them both a two. A two. All right. <laughs> Well, isn't that nice? Dash off here rather quickly. Well, uh, my quick notes here on Knob Creek are, you know, I I thought that both of them were kind of smoky. Uh, they were both very rye-heavy, kind of spicy. Um, I don't know that I really had a preference over one over the other. I would rate them a two. Well, isn't that nice? And I'm splitting hairs. So <clears throat> we had an interesting uh, problem with this particular uh uh, products. So I feel a twist coming. There's a twist coming on. <laughs> I think I realized this twist earlier. I'm just saying. <laughs> so for uh, for two of you, for uh, Beast and Bob, <clears throat> the off the shelf version is A. Wah, wah. I was right. And for the rest of you, they are. All exactly the same. A and B are exactly the same whiskey. <laughs> really? Yes. Interesting. <laughs> so uh, there was a slight variation here in uh, some of the products. Um, now, when you say same whiskey, were they the same whiskey off the shelf or the same whiskey store pick? They were. That's important. They were the same off the shelf pick. Wow. And so <clears throat> there was a little problem here with samples. Let me explain a little bit of this before we cut out the break. So. Um, it was my fault, and I actually picked up the Knob Creek small batch as opposed to the Knob Creek single barrel. So the store provided a single barrel version. The off-the-shelf version I picked was the small batch. So you guys were tasting small batch against single barrel. For those of you that had the variability, for those of you that are here in the room, <clears throat> you all tasted the small batch. And it was exactly the same. And the exact same. <laughs> exact same bottle, exact same wow. juice all the way around. Well, it shows, too, that, that choosing B, having had A, tasting it a second First. later, you're like, oh, well, that one's softer. You've mm -hmm. already been introduced to it, so that would seem softer. So, <laughs> But I would like to say out when tasting, I called out this small batch thing. I was like, this seems lower proof than the normal. That's interesting to me. Um, I think it is. Yes, you're tr you're right. The uh, single barrel is 120 proof, I believe, right. and a lot spicier. And the off the shelf small batch is 100 uh, 100 proof. Yeah. So you get an A for your really yes <laughs> answer, but good luck. You still have, yeah, but still but I still get a C because I picked because between, the between the two. <laughs> well, the, the store pick was definitely darker, and it had a more drying, almost chalky mouth coating feel to it. So there was a there was a big difference in the ones I had. So oh, that was my stump the chump moment. It's right there. So well, uh, interesting. As we're going along here, we're going to take a quick break here. I'm going to try to seek some uh, neutral refuge so people will still drink with me. We'll be right back in just a minute. Hey, welcome back to Sips, Suds, and Smokes. This is a Sips episode today. Sips, Sups, Sips, Sips, Sips. <laughs> it's a Sips episode. Easier for you to say. I'm getting there. <laughs> Toy boat. Give me another whiskey. Uh, we're talking about uh, selections in store barrel uh, bourbons versus off-the-shelf versions. 
that are created by master distillers or master blenders. We're going through a variety of products today. We've gone through a few so far, and we have a few more yet to go. So up next is our discussion on Four Roses. I'm going to allow Steve to introduce this product. I'll explain a little bit about some of the twist here once Steve, uh, I should say Beast, introduces this. Beast. <laughs> Thank, thanks, Mike. So uh give you a big little background of four roses this is one of the earliest american whiskeys uh paul jones uh born in 1840 uh, was in the confederate army uh at the age of 21 when he left he went down to atlanta uh, he met this guy named rufus rose uh, rufus and his brother and their two sons were the four roses uh he took that brand back and after he worked with them for a while went back to kentucky um picked up a distillery there and uh a lot of people credit paul jones with sort of creating this um you know long white bearded guy in a straw hat with a musket sort of uh, big um southern heritage bourbon thing he's he's a, a huge huge figurehead for the whole uh you know bourbon renaissance movement and rightfully so um the bad guy in the story is Seagram's. Uh, so Seagram's bought Four Roses from uh, Paul's son, Werner, in the 1940s. And Seagram's did really well in Prohibition because they were a Canadian. Oh, geez. They were a Canadian company. <laughs> Hello. Uh, Hello. Oh, that <laughs> might be Seagram's I lawyers thought I on the phone. I, yeah, so I thought I unplugged like, all the phones. Yeah. Um, I apologize. <laughs> I the button on that one. Um, so yeah, Seagram's was a Canadian company. Obviously, Canadian prohibition was much more short-lived than than America's. Only two years, so they bought up a bunch of distilleries um, right after prohibition in the '40s. And um, this is this will be uh, sort of important. They bought Calvert Distillery in Louisville. They bought um, Fairfield Distillery in Nelson County. They bought. Atherton in LaRue, and they bought Cynthiana. Uh, so they had five distilleries, um, you know, uh, running, and they were the biggest drink maker of all time. And they decided to basically use the Four Roses brand to dump a lot of this uh, neutral grain spirit that they were making up in Canada and these different places. Totally corrupted the brand. It was absolute swill. Um, and it went from being the number one bourbon in the States to, to being just a, a shelf turd, as they say. Um, and this went on for about 50 years. Um, in the late 90s, uh, Jim Rutledge joined Four Roses, and, uh, and then in the early... God th bless Jim. Jim's the man. And um, in the early 2000s, a bunch of things happened. So uh, the, the brand was sold to Vivendi. Uh, Vivendi then divested a bunch of their brands to Diageo, and then Diageo sold the brand to Kieran. I should have mentioned that uh, prior to the 90s, even though the American stuff was swill, they were still making the, the original bourbon and exporting it. And one of the places they were exporting it to is Japan. Japan absolutely loves American bourbon, and they're real serious about it. So when they picked it up, uh, sort of at Jim's direction, they really brought it back. Uh, they killed the old brand. And when I say killed it, they actually sought out all the retail stock, recalled it, and destroyed it. Um, and then they started launching bourbons. And so... Um, they currently have uh, some different products. They have the yellow label, which is kind of the bottom shelf uh, mixer. Uh, they have a small batch and a single barrel, which are decent drinkers. Uh, then they have the calf strength uh, single barrels, which are what the store picks are made of. And then every year they release uh, a limited edition single barrel and small batch. And that limited edition small batch uh, that comes out in the fall is, is some of the most sought after bourbon right now. And I will say that the 2012 one that came out a few years ago is probably in my top three bourbons of all time mm -hmm. um 
Now, and the uh, cask, which we have here today as and well. And cask. Now, so yeah. I just wanted to mention, so that the reason it was that I mentioned all those different distilleries that they bought is because now uh, Four Roses maintains a different yeast strain that kind of has roots back to each of these different distilleries. So they have five different yeasts. The F came from Frankfurt. The V came from Calvert. The K came from Atherton. The O and the Q came from the Old Prentice and the Cynthiana distilleries. And this is what makes Four Roses a really cool barrel choice because they take these five yeasts they have these two different mash bills one of them is a, a, a low uh, high corn low rye and one of them is a low corn high rye mash bill so they have 10 different uh, formulas that they can make bourbon out of so if you're picking a, a four roses barrel uh, you can sort of get familiar with these uh, it's actually a really cool thing at, at either liquor barn or party store or binnies in chicago they'll sell cast strength versions of every all 10 different uh, different recipes and you can buy these it's a great excuse to spend about six seven hundred bucks on bourbon for your wife and um, it's a fun little collection to have and you can taste all the different recipes and get familiar with them and figure out which one you like and then when you go pick a barrel you can taste three or four barrels from that particular recipe and it's a real good time so hmm. that's my story on uh, four roses now here's where i go drastically wrong <laughs> and i'm going to try and say that a and d are the high rye the ob bottles and B and C are the high corn OE bottles. I'm guessing I'm going to totally screw that up. Um, I tend to like the spicier sort of big full flavor ones. So I'm going to go with A and D as my favorites. Um, and I'm going to say A is my number one, uh, D is my number two, and then B and C is my three and four. Um, I know that the limited edition one is is a low is a low rye high corn, so I'm guessing that's B or C, and I'm guessing that A is a store pick. Hmm. Interesting. <clears throat> and your overall, if you had to describe some of your sips ratings, these are four different products, and I'm not going to trap everybody down. If you had to right. pick a sips rating overall, I really liked A. I gave A <clears throat> a four. Four. How about that? That's classified. And uh, so uh, let's charge right in with uh, Miles. Uh, what do you think uh, about Four Roses here? Well, I appreciate you not trapping all of us down with some weird, quirky plan. Um, <laughs> there I'm is. Gonna, There's I'm, a little bit of a twist. Yeah. Here. Well, not, not a whole lot. So. There's a plan? It. Really? <laughs> They're not They're really. They're all the same whiskey again. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, this is all Evan Williams. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> That's my evil plan right there. Congratulations. Totally You've all right. tasted Rebel Yell. Oh, yes. That's totally <laughs> it. I'm, I'm going with D. And uh, I'm going to give it a sips rating of a three. three. I thought it was the better balanced of the three. Hmm. Really? Interesting. Uh, so are you declaring that a store and off the shelf brand? I'm going to say that's going to be a shelf. Hmm. Okay. You're going to say that's a shelf, off the shelf version of Four Roses out of the four. All right. <clears throat> um, let's see. Next up is going to be Rush with uh, Four Roses. Uh, I I am biased. I like Four Roses quite a lot. Um, a was my pick before I ever tasted them. Stuck my nose in it. Fell in love with it. I still think it's the best one that I've had out of everything today. I think that would have been a barrel pick. Wait a minute. He's writing me a note. 
<laughs> I've been called a word that I think George Carlin would not approve of me using on the radio. Definitely one of the seven dodo words. Right, that we're right. not going to so, say. So we won't radio. say that. Yeah, please so, continue. Thank I was, you. I was interested that you were doing well. You're so cute. Oh, uh, so. <laughs> So A, A would definitely be my pick, although C came in a real close second for me. Uh, the nose on A is what, what won it out. And overall, I would give the Four Roses a four. A four for overall, and you're picking which number and what is it? Say again. These were letters. We were working yeah. with a numeric. I know. What's your pick? Uh, oh, overall? A. A. a you're overall. saying it's a store or barrel. off the shelf. It's a barrel. It's a okay. barrel. It's a store it's pick. It's a barrel pick. All right. And uh, next up is going to be Bob. And I'll further predict that it's a birthday. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> Who said that? Where'd that come from? <laughs> Definitely not that uh, I've word. Got, I've got some feedback. Holy on cow! Yeah, there were, was like it was a, it's a problem in post-production editing. Bob, your picks on Four Roses. Um, I'm I'm also a huge lover of Four Roses. I've met Jim on a lot of occasions. He's a hell of a guy. He he did an amazing job and. And, and and like you guys alluded to, uh, they they were still shipping good four roses to Japan when we were getting the crap. I mean the uh, the platinum premium that that they only sell in Japan. They literally don't even bottle it. They put it in totes and ship yep. it to Japan, and they bottle it at the Kirin Beer Distillery. Um, I've got a couple of bottles that way around. This stuff is awesome. Um, some of that as well. I going agree. going through these um, <clears throat> I, again. I I, I got to. A and D are my two picks as the store picks. Atta boy. Um, and mm. A, I think, is the queer winner, and uh, I'd give them a four. Wow. Man. One other thing about Four Roses, if you uh, if you remember your history books, that picture of the sailor kissing the nurse at the end of World War II in Times Square that everybody's seen, um, if you look over his shoulder at the billboards there in Times Square, the very top ad is an ad for Four Roses bourbon. Mm. Interesting. Supposedly, she slapped him right after that kiss. <laughs> yeah, but he got it. Yeah, but he was offering Evan Williams. Jason, your uh, discussion here on Four Roses. Okay, so I'm going to be, I agree with A. I think A is definitely a store pick. Um, it's very, very interesting. I mean, I think my first reaction was, whoa, something weird is going on in this bottle. Um, personally, though, I think C is the best one. And I'm going to go with, I think C is a special edition. And um, the reason why is it's super heavy, super spicy. And that, that's going to be my guess. Um, B and D fell a little flat, but now he's over here laughing. So I think I'm completely wrong. <laughs> well, at least you're in good company. Yeah, you know, right. whatever. At least the whiskey was free, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> and there were those cold cuts, you know, and the cheese. Yeah, wild cards. She was Jeez. George Dickles. So what do you The wild card is Dickles. <laughs> You've all been drinking Jack Daniels the whole time. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I like that. That's perfect. Fireball. Welcome perfect. to Rebel Yell. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. Who's cursing? I heard Fireball. <laughs> all right. So uh, C sips C. rating of four. four. And that you're declaring And, and I will say, I'm, I'm claiming that that's a store special edition. Okay. All right. not, or not a barrel pick. But I will say, I give A a four also just for being so unique. Hmm. Interesting. 
Well, uh, so my quick uh, rundown of uh, Four Roses is, uh, so um, A, I wrote down it was kind of hot. I thought it was a shelf pick. Um, I thought B was a barrel pick. Uh, C, I thought was uh, something that was very different than everything else. <clears throat> and uh, D, uh, I thought it was also a barrel pick, um, but it was my second choice. Um, so that's kind of it. So A, I'm declaring off the shelf. B and D are my barrel picks, and C is the odd duck. So uh, a little bit about why there are four here. <clears throat> so we have one off the shelf. We have two store picks of single barrel, and we have a 2014 cask version in this lineup of Four Roses, which aligns directly with the same year that most of the barrel selections were made as well. So the big reveal on this is <clears throat> uh, is that uh, oh uh, this is split uh, between the two. So uh, Bob knows what A and B are. So Bob, what is A and B? Well, A the one that everyone liked is the barrel that I personally picked. So thank you all. <laughs> so uh, what, B what was the recipe? Is, so B is the off the shelf version. It's an OBSO, 10 years old. Yep. So uh, C is also a uh, store barrel pick. And D is the cask version. So uh, that is a pretty interesting uh, reveal out of that. Interesting. Interesting. Most definitely. So interesting. I got it wrong. So, you know. <laughs> Lots of winners and losers out of that, that's for sure. I picked the best, too. Come on. Yeah. Um, so, <clears throat> yeah, a lot of people really loved A, except me. <laughs> I thought so, A was hot. I don't I did. hold it against I, I you. Did. I, you know, I wrote down A was hot as well. <clears throat> and I actually declared it as a shelf uh, pick. And, yeah, that's well, the that's a barrel pick. So It's 126.8, so it is definitely hot. Hmm. Yeah, but I think it was balanced. It you was know, balanced. I mean, there was just something about hot, it that was super unique, and that's yeah. why I liked it. It was the nose. Mm. You know, the, the, the balance, it had that almost like a grassy hay. Yeah, it was I like mean, a little oh, like so a little good. bit of an oats taste to it almost. I don't know, yeah. something about it that was really interesting. And then with <clears throat> A and C being the barrel picks, you know. Uh, I mean, you know, I'm sorry. I actually screwed something up here on the reveal. So, oh, oh here we go. Dun, oh, dun, dun. dun, dun. I'm sorry. Dun, I dun, dun. Minute here. Yeah, so the cask and the store barrels on C and D are actually backwards. So the cask is C. And D is actually a store barrel pick. So Sorry, C is like the point out that, C that is makes the, uh, <laughs> me right. That makes you right. That makes yeah. me right. And, and, it's, still, and it feels so good. Any minute now, you're going to break out in a journey I'm, song. I'm just going to do a little dance over in the corner. No, no, no. Do it here, man. Sing. Barrel it out. So C is the 2014 single barrel limited release. Yep, is that, right? that is correct. 2014 single barrel limited release cask. And yep, that was right. yep. C. Yep. That is uh that is I C. So called that. Yep. Yeah, D is So no, wait a minute. Who 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 picked A? Was that you, Bob? A lot of people picked, picked A. No, 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 no. But I mean, who, didn't Bob for go the barrel in, pick, pick that, I picked A and D. At barrel? I picked A and D for the barrel pick. Uh, yeah. So, and they're drastically different. That was those were good picks. Yep. You know, I've been to Four Roses and done barrel picks, and they are. 
I mean, it's just so cool. You'll, you'll have the nine or whatever barrel sitting there. And it's just oh, like, yeah. you know, the last time that we went, we wound up buying four barrels. Because they're so we, different. We couldn't, we couldn't come to terms with any of them. So yep. it was like, well, let's just buy four. Mm. Wow. Just a, such a fascinating conversation. We have uh, one more uh, product to go through today, and that is going to be Jefferson's. Miles, can you introduce this product for us? I can. Uh, with Jefferson's, we, I'm, I'm assuming it's the reserve. Uh, no, this is just straight Jefferson's. Right. Yeah, correct. All right. Uh, a surprising amount of thickness and body uh, right off. Uh, there were faint hints of oak and some flavors there like in uh, in the profile. Uh, still, it seemed a bit young, a little immature. Um, they, you know, it's uh, it's a good clean sip, decent amount of vanilla, uh, sweet corn, a bit of oak. Uh, it's smooth, kind of sweet, um, just a hint of spice. The oak doesn't show up in, in like in a bold way, but uh, the sweet corn is the most prominent flavor. It's a really um, this is sweet spice, like cinnamon, clove, uh, intricacy. It seems to be more like a one-trick pony. Hmm. So, uh, what's your overall sips ratings uh, for Jefferson's? I give it a... I, well, I'm going to choose B. Okay. And I'm going to give it a three. A three. Interesting. <laughs> I didn't three. even have to use vulgarity. <laughs> And you're declaring, I'm sorry, what is the store uh, brand you're going after here? Was A or B? I'm going to say the store is A. The store is A, he says. All right. Uh, let's see. Up next is going to be Rush with uh, talking about Jefferson's here. Uh, <clears throat> the, the B sample I liked a lot better than I did the A. I would give it uh, a three and call it a store sample. Hmm. And uh, the A, I would say, is off the shelf. And I'd give it a three, too. I mean, they're both perfectly acceptable. Nothing in the world wrong with them. Interesting. Um, so, uh, Bob, your uh, choices here on Jefferson's. Um, the A was very was very sweet, very floral, but extremely light, uh, very young. Had a vegetal uh, aroma to it. Um, the B, a little bit more nose, a little more vanilla, a little more caramel, a slight bit more oak. Um, I'd pick the B. I'd say that's the store pick. I'd hmm. give, and I'd give, it a, I'd give it a two. A two? Well, isn't that nice? <clears throat> How about that? Uh, Jason, your thoughts here on Jefferson's. All right, so I'm going to be a little mean towards some Jefferson's. Um, I honestly could barely tell a difference between these two. I thought they both fell flat. I think they're both very boring. I think they're both very light. Um, I amen, gave, brother. Amen. I gave them a rating of a one for being as boring as possible. They just need some time on the water. Yeah, it needs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, honestly, I, I, I'm totally guessing here. I'm going with A as a store pick, but I, I honestly, I've tried a bunch of store picks at Jefferson's, and you can't tell a, da a darn difference between the two. <laughs> Um, so yeah, A is the store pick. A is the store pick, he says. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, Beast, uh, how about your, uh, choices here for Jefferson's? Yeah, you know, I have to agree. I actually, when we were warming up, I said the same thing to you. I couldn't tell the difference at all. Um, mm. 
I gave them both a two. It's not swill, but uh, I'm not not yeah, going back for more. Um, I, I, I guess nosing them right now after 40 minutes in the glass, I guess I guess I can tell them. I guess A, maybe. I prefer a tiny bit, although, uh, you know, I'm not a fan. Uh, I guess maybe A is the store pick. Mm. Interesting. <clears throat> so... Uh, I have to say I'm with Jason on this. It's a full contest to the bottom. <laughs> Please, there's no rush. You know. Wait a minute. What do you mean there's no rush? No, I meant. Uh... You know, it's just wow. Uh, of all the products we tasted, I would say these are the you know uh, some of the products that were least distinguishing. Um, you know, against each other versus store versus you know uh, off the shelf version, and uh, you know I just. This is not a product I particularly enjoyed. Um, you know, my overall rating, I'm going to get say yeah, it's a two for both. Um, I would say I favored B a little bit. I'm going to declare that's the store barrel uh, is B. So a lot of you have picked A. We'll see here in the big reveal. If you get it right. <clears throat> Whichever one the store picked, they didn't do a good job. So, I, well, I wouldn't blame the store. It's not like they had a lot to choose from. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The A sample is a store pick here wow. at Jefferson's. It just the feels B is the so off the shelf. You just nailing this. It just man. feels so. If he hadn't messed with me with that uh. Knob Creek, I would have been a hundred percent across this board. <laughs> I definitely uh, like. I definitely like. You had to do it. I'm five or six. <laughs> of course you do. There's no difference between the two. Well, uh, wow! What a super fascinating experiment today. Uh, I'd like to think not only do we make radio history, but uh, I don't know. It's just a, a very humbling, you know, experiment. You know, kind of all the way around. Uh, so. <clears throat> well, for you, you got what, like two, right? Yeah. Well, probably. You're for correct. the rest of us, I got five <laughs> out of six. It's not that humble. Like, be floored. Uh, he no. got two right, and he knew what they were yesterday. No, I'm the winner. I got to sit here with uh, with all of you. I got you to, knew they were all whiskey. <laughs> no, I'm I'm totally the winner. Whether I they're all brown, right. yeah. man. <laughs> so no, uh, but seriously, you've been drinking Jack Daniels the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Finally, my, no, my, I've. I've it's kept revealed. it down. It's not Jack Daniels. Just added different samples of water and you know, sprinkled <laughs> some salt on some of these. You guys just didn't know Jack squat about whiskey. So you, you've had a little bit of time to kind of reflect on, you know, the experience here, you know, as we've kind of gone through these products. I mean, when you, th when you reflect back about, you know, is this something that's really, you know, enriching the experience for the consumer? I mean, um, are they truly getting the better product, you know, at the store with the store barrel selection? That's a relative or a subjective question. Absolutely, I mean, yeah. Are they getting something better or are they getting something unique? Different, yeah. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, which gives more value to the customer? How many did Rush get right? <laughs> well, I think I got them all right, but one. I, I missed the Jeffersons. And well, the only it, one I missed was Jeffersons. They were so similar. I mean, literally, well, it was just a crap shot. You, that you know what I mean? It, no, I see it, your point. It, it's, it's like people come in all the time and, <clears throat> and they'll ask, you know, well, what's the best wine? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, what do you like to drink? The one you know, with I, the highest profit margin. 
Right. Mm-hmm. That's the best one from my point of view. But exactly. I mean, what, you know, and it's like, you know, people come in and tell me all the time, I, I like a great big full bodied, you know, red wine, you know, and it's like, oh, yeah, great. Like what? You know, mm-hmm. white Zinfandel. <laughs> you know, wait a minute. You missed it. You, so it's the same thing with the whiskey. So which one is really better? It's it's so subjective. It doesn't matter. There, mm. you can't keep a barrel in stock. <clears throat> uh, Beast, what do you think about this exercise today? You know, I guess I don't really understand if it's not a single barrel that's somewhat identifiable. What the point is? Yeah, that's kind of my takeaway. I mean, if Four Roses is 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 a great example of how cool this can be and how you can look at all the recipes and the ages and that sort of thing. I think Smooth Amblers is is very interesting. You get you get barrel numbers, you get different uh very very different expressions. You know, in the Knob Creek and the Angels Envy and the Jeffersons for me, I didn't didn't feel that really wide divergence in flavors. There's not really a lot of information we're getting about, uh, you know, is this a barrel? Is this, what are we exactly picking here? Um, so I think that's, that was the big, the big, uh, difference for me is that I thought it was very cool. Um, in certain cases in other cases, it, it, it seemed kind of like a wash to be honest. Hmm. Interesting. <clears throat> well, may I interject quick? How many whiskeys, the six of us drink a week or a month compared <laughs> to your average person. Hang on, let me in. mute my microphone. <laughs> right, right. I mean, you don't have to answer that question. No, no need to. But you know what I'm saying? Senator, I, mean, honestly, I have no recollection whatsoever. When we talk about That's Jefferson's true. being very similar, well, we have a huge palate sure. to pull from and a huge, you know, taste memory I mean, that we yeah, pull from. Whereas, of- your your average person that walks in off the street is going to buy maybe 10 12 bottles of whiskey a year yeah mm-hmm. i mow through 20 I don't, samples I don't, a week i don't yeah, buy that i don't you, i don't buy that my so friend easy yeah. you know i pour yeah. buy that I don't buy that. I, I poured uh, four roses for my babysitter the other day, and I gave her one of the high rise and one of the low rise. And I mean, you know, it, it, her face was lit up in two different complete directions. You know, I mean, there, there's, there's, I, I've never believed that. I mean, sure, you know, you can work on your palate, but I think that if it doesn't taste different to your average everyday person, then there's, then you know, I think there's not. not a huge point why is he to getting it. the babysitter drunk? What is he? Trying <laughs> to do? Hopefully, she, I think I saw that movie. I'm pretty sure I saw that. Child. Senator, do you want to revise an manual statement? I don't. I don't. I'm not arguing. Check out, out. Yeah. Okay. They wouldn't know the difference in quality. I was just arguing the fact that, you know, where where we really like pick hairs about Jeffersons, you, your average customer may never have the regular Jeffersons. Mm. You know, they Fair they enough. only have the experience that you sell them, so that's the only frame of reference that they'll have. Mm. But to that extent, what I keep saying is. We're in this time of bourbon that we're waiting for the good stuff to come out. We're all in this big waiting period for Elmer T or everything's gotten so exclusive that you can't get it and you're just waiting and you're trying to find something to bide your time. So our barrel, you know, selects worth it? Yeah, because we've got good quality stuff being selected that'll bide our time to when the good stuff gets here. Hmm. Bob, what do you think about this experiment today? <clears throat> well, I mean, you got to also remember when you're dealing with the store picks, when you're dealing with, or when you're dealing with this regular shelf stuff. I mean, they're they're pitching to everyone. 
You know, they're 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 throwing a ball out there and they're trying to hit the you know the mass at at one particular time. Whereas a store pick is exactly that; it's a subjective thing. So, you know, more often than not, at least in my experience, and you know the few bottles I've had. Um, <laughs> More often than not, uh, the store picks are usually better. If it's a good store and I trust the person's palate, um, a lot of times I, you know, I, I get a much better experience out of it. That being said, there's nothing wrong with the shelf brands. I mean, that's the thing that gets you there to even try that shelf pick. So, hmm. <clears throat> well, I don't know that uh, I've really formed a completely um, fully educated opinion about the whole exercise, other than wow, this was a lot of fun. Um, you know, I, I really don't know how it's going to play out for the consumer. I think if anything, um, in some cases I appreciate the uh, variation. Um, and in some cases I don't. Um, and I think that, uh, if anything, uh, this has reinforced, uh, a lot of what I tell people that if you have the opportunity of tasting before you buy, do it. Um, I think that at the end of the day, the only thing that really matters is what is good for your palate. Uh, and if it's going to be your money that's laid on the table to buy that product and you have the chance to try it before you buy it, do it. Um, so, Same advice goes for marriage. <laughs> let's let's focus on the important thing when it all came down to it um, if it flies bangs or floats rent it Mercy. when when the when it all came down to it out of the four the one that, that most of you picked was mine and it was better even than the one that jim retwich picked so i'm just patting myself in the back now that's all Oh, so, That's that creaking sound. Right? <clears throat> uh, yeah. Try my new whiskey. Chip my bones creaking. <laughs> Jason. Yeah, I just wanted to say that when it comes to single barrel selects, I think that it it truthfully only matters when you're dealing with cask strength whiskey. I think that when you have high proof whiskey, you can actually ta uh, taste a drastic difference when it comes barrel to barrel. Unlike, you know, like the Jeffersons where we tried where it's a lower proof whiskey, something at, you know, 85, 90 proof. And you, you really can't tell a difference. You kind of lose the, the nuances, the subtleness. But when you've got products like E.H. Taylor Barrel Proof and Four Roses Cash Strength and George T. Stagg, you can, you can honestly taste a difference barrel to barrel. And, you know, when it comes to store selecting barrels, you know, I can, I can personally say that I've probably picked out anywhere between 50 and 70-ish barrels, either with stores or by myself. And it's an experience. And it's a wonderful experience. I mean, some of these distilleries have tailored this experience. And it, it truthfully, like, I can honestly tell you without a doubt what got me into bourbon, what got me from drinking, you know, Buffalo Trace, Maker's Mark, you know, the, the run-of-the-mill stuff up to the next level was selecting barrels. It really was. It was the first time that I went up to Buffalo Trace and I picked out a barrel of Eagle Rare with another store and I got to taste Eagle Rare straight out of the barrel at cash strength and I went, oh my God, this stuff is so good. And then we went to the next barrel and I was like, wait, this was the same whiskey, but this is so good, but it tastes so different and it's the exact same stuff. And that's really what got me into bourbon and honestly, always chasing the next cool, nice tasting cash strength whiskey. I mean, that's what I do. So, you know, as a consumer, as a seller, as whatever, 
barrel picks is what really got me into this business. Well, <clears throat> just a really fascinating experiment all the way around. I mean, just uh, I really, uh, I think the one thing that uh, I wanted to leave everybody with through this is, uh, listen, if you have the chance of tasting before you're buying, you should do that. Uh, everybody palate, everyone's palate is different. And uh, certainly if, if your particular store offers you the ability of trying it before you buy it, or you have the go to a tasting or something like that to really avail yourself, you know, of that opportunity because uh, there are some variations in everyone's palates and everyone has a, a different opinion. So, uh, yeah, take advantage of that. That works for matrimony too. Here, <laughs> <laughs> here, <laughs> and if you can do the both on the same weekend, you get like bonus points. I or think something. it's required. So, check check to calf whiskey. That that's my new brand coming out <laughs> well let's uh, wrap up our episode for today a really great uh, time all the way around we hope you've enjoyed this episode and you can catch all of our episodes online as well on SoundCloud TuneIn, Stitcher, YouTube PRX and Spreaker our native media host iTunes and our own Android app are the easiest ways to enjoy this show on your phone just search for Sips, Suds, and Smokes on iTunes or in the Google Play Store. We love your feedback, and you can reach us online anytime at info at sipssudsandsmokes.com. Our daily tasting notes flow out on Twitter. Our handle on Twitter is at sipsudsmoke. Our Facebook page is always buzzing with lots of news as well. Listen, do us a favor and take the time to rate this episode if you're listening to us online. That's a great big help to us, and we get to see your feedback as well. This show would not be possible without great retail partners, many of whom provided product samples for us today. I'm going to take the time and say thank you very much for these folks. <coughs> Red Spirits and Wines in Bellevue, Tennessee. Midtown Cork Torque Wine, Spirits and Beer in Nashville, Tennessee. And Frugal McDougal's in Nashville, Tennessee. Bob, uh, I, I've always wanted to ask you, what exactly does a made man do? Well, apparently he picks the best bottle of Four Roses. <laughs> wow. He shoots and scores it. Wow. wow. God, I tell Three you. pointer. We, who can argue, that. right? You drop the mic and he does. Mercy. Well, Bob, thank you for joining us and bringing good juice along for all of us to enjoy. Uh, Smoky Beast is a blog that Steve authors, and I have been a huge fan uh, for years. Steve, tell us all about. Uh, uh, Smoky Beast. Hey, thanks, Mike. Thanks again for having me. I really appreciate it. Uh, my my wife, Mrs. Beast, and I uh, started Smoky Beast a couple of years ago, about three years ago, and uh, we just do weekly reviews, uh, interviews, interesting information. We try to keep it fun. We don't consider ourselves experts, and we like to have a good time. So, if anybody wants to read along at uh, SmokyBeast.com, please come join us, and uh, we look forward to doing this again. Absolutely, it's been a real pleasure having everyone here at the table. Miles, thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. Good time. <laughs> Good old boy Rush, thank you for being here once again. Mike, after that last time, just to have the second opportunity, I, I, I'm so humbled. <laughs> thank you so much. Your check cleared, man. You're good. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I'm just impressed with any man who can call his wife Mrs. Beast and not get killed. <laughs> right. I, I was Chick to half. And, and she drinks whiskey. I mean, how do you score? That's why she's drinking whiskey. 
<laughs> good old boy, Jason. Always a pleasure to have you here. Thanks for having me. Well, this is good boy, Mike, asking you to join us once again and keep on sipping. This has been a one-tan-hand production of Sip, Suds, and Smokes, a program devoted to the appreciation of some of the finer slices of life. From the dude in the basement studios, your host, the good old boys, will see you all next time.